Hello and welcome to the Della Spacer podcast, where we present art in conversation for the culturally curious. I'm Jessica Fillimore, co-founder and director of Della Spacer Gallery London. Throughout the course of her exhibition, The Shape of Colour at Della Spacer, we have invited the artist Misha Milovanovic to host a series of talks with Art World Insiders. For this latest instalment, we are joined by Misha in conversation with the curator and art collector Lola Alexander, both of whom have known each other over many years, having met through the art scene in New York. In this latest episode, Misha and Lola discuss the language of colour, the healing nature of art and the totemic aspects of Misha's new sculptures and her influence of Louis Berragon's architecture as a space for her sculptures in the digital realm. Their conversation then continues onto the subject of the digital lines between art, technology and NFTs that have developed over the course of the past year in the art world. Before we begin, remember to follow us at Della Spoza by hitting the subscribe button. Without further ado, here is the show. Hi Lola, how are you? Hello Misha, I'm very good in New York. <laughs> yes, I can see that. I have my eye has uh gelled to a couple of lovely things that you have in your house. What is that painting just behind you with lots of really nice shapes and circles? It is a, a painting by Laura Owens. Cool. And uh this is um, our daughter's bedroom. Uh so she lives with some beautiful pieces. That's a lamp of Pantone of the 60s. I'm sure you would enjoy these uh, colors and shapes because it, it is very reminiscent of your work, which is very playful and uh, has these beautiful forms as well. I love um, the colors already. And I love the colors you're wearing within this room. You look like a piece of work, piece of art that is uh, grown among these kind of other delicate creations thank you thank you talking about color that you enjoy so much and it's so evident in your work your show is called the shape of color that's uh, a gallery uh and i see the color pink being, being so prevalent in it and yellow do colors have a significance for you uh do you choose pink specifically that i've seen it in your paintings is the the color that uh, fills your life um i seem to be drawn to pink in various shapes and colors and and warmth um and i absolutely love the fuchsia that you're also wearing today which comes from a similar family i think the Color is really soul for me. It adds this another dimension. And I truly believe that color has its own language that we are utterly um, subconsciously drawn to. Um, I might not even be able to understand sometimes why I choose certain colors. And I, I definitely choose them instinctively. I, I hardly ever look onto the color wheel, which which is sort of mathematical equation, how you should, uh, you know, complement the colors. Um, so from that point of view, I uh, probably should have been born an insect because I am very much drawn to the colors. Interesting. And not only colors, but also your work is very playful. Yes. Uh, you try to create a, an alternative world or environments that uh, have a, well, play, cartoonish or... or, or or a very childish uh, effect on people. That thank you. I mean, that's that's a massive compliment for somebody who uh, absolutely revels in works of the buffet, Cobra, um, even Nikita Sanfal, and and you know sometimes 
a little bit more uh, conceptualized and contextualized kind of harder edge art. But um, I think that decision maybe stems from my need to dip into my own subconsciousness but but more, which I know contains um, possibly influences, shapes and, and stories that have been stored maybe transgenerationally, not just for my own life. But um, it's also to do with um, this notion of maybe um, escaping into the world that's purely innocent and contains a lot more um, joy and happiness. Um, so that that's just on a visceral level. And I think, um, yeah, I think... A lot of things that I that I create, they tend to create their own stories and all, their own narratives. I I believe in this notion that everything kind of has a soul, even objects. So I think works of art have their own life beneath the life, or uh, you know, p- apart from the life we we know they have. Um, and once they once they're created, they have their own, you know, they they have their own sort of energy that they bring into the world. Um, but it's very. You mentioned Nikki de Sanfal, and and that's what she did uh, to escape some um, traumas she had from her life. Yeah, you know, she created her own world. Or Keith Haring also created sculptures with a very uh, humorous, uh, playful um, twist. To make a better reality for himself. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, I, I was talking to a good friend of mine who I went to university with. We were in art college together. And um, I really, I should realize that maybe my first port of call to make art was to find the healing for myself and then create something that will help other people to, to maybe like balance themselves or, or find the find some sort of another energy that is hidden in the work. But I think maybe to some extent, every artist is a little bit like a dream catcher and it contains this energy that comes to like to me and then I can convert it into a piece of ceramic sculpture, painting. Painting. So all you, we know your work, your older work was painting. Yes. And painting has a different effect on therapy or, or creating world than sculpture that is something physical we can touch and play with and interact with. Uh, does it have the same uh, effect on you uh, doing painting or doing sculpture? And how do you make the sculptures? Do you make them, uh, do you draw by hand? Do you keep on your practice of drawing? Do you draw them or do you make them on a computer? Okay. And then, I do everything by hand and very like old school primitively that I cut, like I cut things in um, cardboard. So so like the way the sculptures were born, they came from paintings where these integrated shapes that I was creating. I was traveling to Italy a couple of years ago to do this exhibition, but it was also on the island. And it was a re- residency of a couple of months in this beautiful, like tropical part of um, Sicily. Uh, you're very close to Africa and it's really warm. And there was a lot of time spent on ferries and crossing sea and just being this really like, like very almost 60s way the life 
is, you know, you're crossing the sea all night on a big, massive um, ferry. And um, I was actually going to create ceramics on this island, um, but brought a lot of drawings so to kind of like illustrate what I was doing to myself. And then as I was seeing these shapes, as I was like, in the cars, traveling down um, these like little windy roads on these islands. Very, just a, just a real, like the sea was there, the sky was here, almost like being part of the nature. I, I could feel almost like I just pick up the cloud and, and kind of grab it in my arms. And these shapes, these beautiful shapes of like divinity were everywhere. Um, so much so that they actually almost kind of create created these visions in me where I just took them from the nature and I put them onto the canvas um, to, in a way, I think I was searching for, like, as always, as I developed the work, the work runs parallel to like the intellect and to physicality of the work. So I wasn't even aware that I was creating this. And then at the same time, I decided to kind of add physical aspects to these paintings by having three-dimensional elements coming through, like a little bit how Stella, you know, does the work. So it's it's between a sculpture and a painting. So that was the idea. So these things, in the end, ended up being sculptures because they came from paintings, all the shapes that were you know, in the painting were three-dimensionally um, playfully cut up and, um, you know, just created in front of me. And so I think that magic of experimentation led me to do the entire body work, which then added this additional element of creating these kind of totem protectors. Oh, yeah. um, I was I was sitting and, and having these lengthy, wonderful conversations. I, I remember one evening Joseph Koshut join us. I just a lot of different people. And I was talking to this philosopher, a friend of mine, who's also a wine producer called Giuseppe Mascoli. And um, we decided that my exhibition should not be ceramics that is produced on the island, but actually these kind of totem protectors against the uh, maybe uh, entire world being engulfed by, um, you know, like by, by the way that food is produced, by the way that we consume. So they're like kind of anti-consumer uh, totems made from the elements of nature. And that's how uh, these uh, these pieces were created and, and that's where the sculptures come from, really. Again, lots of friendship, really kind of soaking influences, storytelling, uh, amalgamating travel with real life and then coming up with this new direction. So, yeah. Mm, it sounds almost tribal, like the Native American tribes would do or the African tribes. Maybe. They would do these totemic uh, pieces for any reason, but their creation. They were made to to be protectors or to be amulets, all of these things. Totemic um, protectors, for sure. These uh, seven, eight sculptures that I, I've done, and they were in these old palazzi. That's made in uh, Italy? 
Well, you, you would just love this place so much. It was built in 1920s by a man who um, left Salinas, which is the island, one of seven Aeolian islands. And he uh, went to New York. He made absolute fortune. He he built um, the, um, the big train station, uh, the, the famous train station. Grand Central? That's it. He built, he, he got every piece of marble comes from uh, the islands of Sicily that he actually shipped to Sicily. So with all the wealth he made in America, New York, he built this palazzo, which uh, um, has been donated by a family now to the island. And it's, it's a cultural center with a museum and so on and so forth. So everything has, uh, I mean, it's magnificent. Everything has, you know, aura of history. Um, and and uh, apparently a lot of pieces in the house, including furniture, was brought from New York. So, you know, talking about the kind of, you know, um, the playfulness of history. Beautiful. Mentioning the, the Palazzo where your, that exhibition took place, uh, you presented also an online exhibition of your sculptures in Balagan's house in Mexico City. More recently, um, that was for the exhibition in London. We just we just opened in Dallas Posa, which first took took only exclusively a shape online, and uh, we were trying to find a way. We, me, my my great friend who who works with me and a team of CGI artists, we were trying to find the way not to be uh, stopped by a pandemic, but to still you know, be able to communicate and to visualize the work. Because a lot of the times when um, the pieces are made in uh, in um, like a first port of call, when it's just a model of the work, which is made in a very small thin wood, it gets cut into much more sort of solid, um, solid, uh, better quality wood. And then it's drawn in a CAD, which then goes to the metal um, cutters to be created and welded and so on. The, the industrial process begins. Um, and then from, from somewhere in between these processes, um, you can use already uh, these files to, to create digital environments and use them so that you can visualize the work. So it, it, it serves a multiple purpose, but um, I kind of have, um, like a spirit of inquisition because i i'm interested in learning and seeing how i can apply different aspects of not just technology but also it, in a way it's a little bit like creating movies like what can i do to create these sort of environments where people can come and visit so that was that was an amazing opportunity to to present something like that so we did the online exhibition which is based around Louis Barragan's um, environments, uh, uh, architectural environments. Yeah. I, I, like, I have such a passion for, for his work. You chose an architect that uses a color a lot, pink especially. Yes. And also you did it in a time where we can create anything digitally and NFTs are in the forefront of everything. Um, so digital and creating it, do you see a future for your work at an NFT platform? 
So you you know I've already done NFT and had a drop and uh, success became really like it's really it's sold which is amazing. I mean it's obviously not people level, but I'm not in competition with anybody. I'm better than people actually. No, I think I've got a lot of really cool um, things I'm cooking up. There's a guy called Leo. Um, uh, Leo Lupitz, who lives in Berlin, and he's uh, we are going to be collaborating on his platform, which is going to be for traditional artists and NFT, like NFT sold to traditional collectors. Uh, he's acquiring physical space, so it will be like this new hybrid between digital and um, uh, digital and physical. I would say dealership. There is a new gallery that shows NFT work. It's definitely the future. And oh. and just presenting your work in the Baragans or any other architect you like, or in Baragans tables or in Baragans uh, other house, you can just create, you know, if they're not physical works right now, NFT is a fantastic uh, yes. option. Also, um, I think it was you that told me that uh, you have seen something that Koons has done, not that I'm comparing myself to Koons in any way, shape or form, that he creates uh, renders that collectors can purchase works from. And in a way, so I want to just confirm that's that's uh, that's information is correct. I don't know about Koons, but I know about Urs Fischer. Oh, there you go. Even better. Urs Fischer. Urs Fischer. Because it goes very much in the line of work of Urs Fischer. You know, um, everything he does has humor. It really goes with uh, what's happening now. And uh, he merges uh, digital printing and photography and painting all in one. And and it did make sense for him as an artist to do NFTs. It doesn't make sense for every artist to create NFTs. But in the line of his work, uh, it's doing very well. It's a big... You know, a big um, uh, number of them, 50, I think. Yeah. And they're, they're beautifully created. You know, one object merging into the other as his work is, as his paintings always do, one merging into another image. Fantastic. Did you, would you, would you consider ever uh, purchasing or uh, collecting NFTs? Uh, of the NFTs I see, and starting with Beeple and um, Pack which was the artist that uh, Sotheby's uh, sold. Uh, I'm not a fan of Beeple's work, and he has uh, no uh, knowledge of the of our traditional art world. He does his own thing, what he wants. Uh, Beeple is uh, beautifully, arch- I mean, it's more uh, architectural or uh, graphic design. Yeah. It's nice, but uh, the only NFT that I found beautiful besides that is uh, Urs Fischer's NFT, which is really an artwork. And it's, you know, exactly what he does. It just puts humor and uh, these images into the screen in a beautiful um, technological way of moving into another, melting into another, one image to another. I am not a fan of other NFTs. I bought that. There's another aspect to, on the NFT market. Why is there, you know, uh, you have uh, 20 walls on your house and you have all these paintings. And then there are another many paintings that are in storage that you only view in the screen. So NFTs make sense because then you just carry the screen with you. Mm -hmm. You know, everything that's in storage of uh, 
collectors now can transform into an NFT screen and sell them. You know, you don't have the storage, you don't have the, the moving fees, you don't have the taxes. It just makes things easier. But what you hang in your house, I hope it remains to be paint, sculpture, and something more traditional than a screen. Yeah. Yes, totally. I want to know what are you up to and uh, will you be coming by London soon? I'll be coming to see some uh, shows, of course. Yeah. There's some great shows. Uh, I hope to go see the foundation Luma in Arles that uh, Frank Gehry just uh, renovated. But, you know, with all this digital, we got used to less traveling mm-hmm. and it's been very good for us. I'm from Greece, so I, I travel there, but I have a little interest to to just be on a plane constantly. Wonderful. Do you find them? Do you find this? Um, were there a lot of positives for you in in this period? Uh, well, I am in a situation with a young child, so for for me and for our family, it was ideal. Um, you know, being in a relationship, it was. We're in New York. We have vaccines. If you're in India, I mean, the world has been suffering. Philippines, the whole, you know, the rest of uh, Asia, it's been very difficult. Africa, South America, it's been terrible for them. Um, With no vaccines and uh, machines and hospital beds. Uh, But we did enjoy New York, living in a busy city. It calmed down, uh, traffic reduced to nothing. Restaurants are out. I mean, the quality of life increased a lot. We are calmer, less anxiety. In big cities, we're all happier if we can get access to the medicine we need. Yeah. So it's I know I, I, most people I know have a, had a great time calming and centering and having time to to themselves rather than you know running around uh, to not to miss an event or a party. Mm-hmm. How was it for you as an artist? I'm incredibly. Um... Uh, at, like incredibly fru- fruitious. Like I've I've done so much more because I I wasn't distracted by social engagements and obviously traveling and things like that, which is part of the work. Uh, and I was extremely lucky to have some commissions that took me through like without worrying about like what money situation is going to be like. Um, I painted way more. I created paintings on paper, small paintings on board, paintings on canvas, uh, new sculptures, ceramics, uh, a lot more. I, I, at one point, kept myself really working hard so that I don't engage too much in anxiety. I was very worried about my parents back in Serbia because, um, you know, you just, you, you, you kind of, at least I felt at the beginning of it all, um, just, yeah, a, a sense of not really knowing what will come up. And so, uh, God willing, everything goes well. I, I will be in Serbia next month to spend time with my parents and to, you know, just reconnect and be, um, you know, be there, be with my in my culture, which is uh, something that is super important for my soul. Uh, so yeah, uh, all good, all good. And a lot of really interesting projects um, that are coming as a, as a kind of, um, you know, because I have uh, leaped out into uh, creating this kind of digital um alliance or alliance with the digital world and cross-pollinating with the with the real life um work. I wanted to ask you what are your plans 
well, it's a, a lot of art came out this period, including NFTs. It wouldn't have happened without COVID. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of creativity, less Europeans being in Europe right now. And I say that because I, I'm involved uh, with the FIAF, is the Alliance Francaise in New York. It has a beautiful gallery within the building on 60th Street. And I'll be doing some uh, shows uh, with the artists that are European or French or connected to French culture. That's great. That's, That's the project, the ongoing project, starting when things open up in September. Things are open, but, you know, we, we, finally we got over the appointments for visiting a show, you know, freeing up. So September it would be a, a French-focused uh, program. Fabulous. So young young. And, and being a mom as well and, you know, just carrying on being a fabulous lady, fabulous lady you are. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Misha. <laughs> and I'm so happy you're in the NFT. I mean, creatively it must have been, and it sounds like it was a, a great period. Yes, there is so much more to come. Thank you so Bye. much for being part of the podcast for Della's Poster Gallery. It's Misha, I'm looking forward to. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you enjoyed the show. For more information on Misha's solo exhibition, The Shape of Colour, at Della's Poster Gallery in London, visit dellasposa.com. Links and information are available in the description of this podcast. Until next time, we hope that you enjoy a wonderfully inspired time.